Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Well, welcome back to another episode of Belly and Beyond. I am so excited for you to meet Ashley today. She's a mom of two and she is the most incredible writer. She shares the highs and lows of motherhood. She's passionate about sharing an honest view of parenting, leaning into both the laughter and the tears. We started off with this beautiful conversation of Ashley feeling a little bit hesitant, calling herself a writer, feeling like she had a bit of imposter syndrome. And we finished the conversation so beautifully with her saying, oh my gosh, I feel like I can step finally into my power and my authority and really own that I am a writer. Keep in mind, Ashley actually has a degree in creative writing. She has done the uni work. She has qualified in many ways than I could imagine. She also is a business owner doing nails. She calls herself a mom and a manny girl. So when COVID basically shut down her at-home nail salon, it was an opportunity for her to lean into her writing to spend more quality time with her children and to also really value the things that she couldn't do anymore, which she shares in this episode, the leaves, the wind, the park all became such a beautiful place that she took for granted once before. So I'm really excited for you to meet Ashley. It's a little bit of a different episode and I'm so excited. I just went in so deep into her writing. I actually went totally off script. All the questions I had for her, I just pushed to the side because I was just so inspired and in awe of her ability to reflect through words this last season and her parenting journey. So I know you're actually going to be refreshed and love this episode with Ash. Let's get into it. Welcome back. I have the wonderful Ash here who is a writer sharing her highs and lows of motherhood as honestly as possible, but she also is a manicure queen and has a nails business at home, which is going to be launching back up again in Sydney now that lockdown is ending, which is super exciting. Welcome, Ash. Hi, thank you for having me. Would you just like to share just a little bit about yourself really quick and a joyful activity you do for yourself or with the kids that's just kind of maintained your joy during this intense season? Okay, you've covered most of it already. So obviously my name is Ashley. I live in Sydney. I'm a mum of two. So I have a five and a half year old daughter, Bobby, and a two and a half year old son, Ollie, who keep me very busy, my son especially keeps me on my toes. I mean, my two joyful activities, you've covered them. It's writing and doing nails. So if I need to zen out or if I need a little bit of therapy for myself or self-care, that for me is sitting down and doing some writing. I always, always, always feel better about anything that's worrying me once I've written it out. And then doing nails for me is just 
that's my happy place because I just get to tune out from everything, focus on just nails. I don't have to worry about all the background noise and I find it really therapeutic. They're my me time things with the kids. Joyful activities with my kids, it has to be, it's getting out of the house. I always find when the kids are getting a little bit antsy and I mean, especially during lockdown, just going for a walk or a park visit, a change of scenery for mine, getting them out into open space. We pretty much lived up at a local football oval during lockdown, any chance we could. So the kids could kind of ride their bikes and just run, run it out, burn energy. And that I just found then we could come home and they'd have kind of got out any frustration and we can come back and get into things. Mm, I love that. And I think everybody had either the local coffee shop or the local park or the local footpath or the local something that they just did on repeat. And it was that one thing where they either got to connect with another human outside of their family, even if it was a smile at the coffee shop or the same person that walks their dog around the oval every morning at the same time. And you kind of like, Hey, there again. Like it was just that thing that got everybody through this season kind of staying sane. We literally live in our front yard. So where we live, we get loads of foot traffic. There's always people out walking and walking their dogs. So there's no one who walks past our house who doesn't know my kid's name or the dog's name because they're always, both the kids and the dog, they're always hanging off the front fence, looking for a chat, hoping to stop someone, pat their dog. Yeah, it's great. Did you guys do any chalk creations on the footpath? I saw so many families doing that. No, do you know what? Not a lot. We we got out and we did some in the driveway, but no, we didn't really. Okay. No, there, I saw some really. <laughs> I um, saw some great ones too. Really clever ones. My friend did a really, really cool one from, oh, when you get knocked down, when you get locked down, you got to get up yeah. again. <laughs> That was a good one. I love that. I remember seeing one that was first lockdown that was like, be happy, drink wine or something. I was like, oh, this is obviously an adult who's got out here and done these ones. I don't think this one's from the kids. So true. So in this crazy season, you've obviously had to stop your business because the beauty industry was heavily affected because you obviously um, are in close contact with people and you've got a kindergarten child. So you obviously had to start homeschooling just when you thought, yay, they're at school, I oh could like gosh. be released, yay. And then you've obviously got another small person in your family too. How have you managed, I guess, a bit of the grieving of the loss of being able to be in your business, which you mentioned is something you actually really enjoy, being yeah. with people and doing nails while also becoming a school teacher and a preschool teacher and still being a mum and a wife and looking after yourself. What's been some practices for you or what have you been anchoring to? It has been so much. It's really funny though because my daughter's only been back at school now a week and a half and it already feels like lockdown already feels like it was so long ago and it wasn't. We've only been out of it for a week and a half. Thankfully for me, my husband was working from home as well and obviously I couldn't work. So I don't know how families with two parents who maybe both work full-time and were working from home and trying to juggle homeschooling, I don't know how they did it. I found it difficult enough. My husband, though, he works in events. So thankfully at the start of lockdown, his work was quite quiet 
and we shared the homeschooling together. So one of us would kind of do a couple of hours with Bobby of homeschooling and the other one would be entertaining Ollie and keeping him busy. So not keeping, yeah, just so he couldn't distract her while she was trying to do schoolwork. And then we kind of flick and really we just had to look at her schoolwork and go, okay, what's most important here? Writing, maths, a bit of reading and tick off what we could and just accept that some days we'd do more and some days we would do less. At the start of lockdown, I really struggled with it. I'm not typically, like I'm not typically a stressful person or typically a very anxious person. And I just found at the start of lockdown, I was feeling really anxious and suffering with a bit of anxiety, which because I haven't experienced that before, I kind of felt really overwhelmed by it and didn't know what to do. I had to make a really conscious effort to work on self-care, which I usually put myself last and like not trying to be a martyr to do that. I just, it's just kind of the way I work. I try and get everyone else looked after first. And so self-care, even though I would preach about it to any other parent, about how important it is. It's never been something I prioritised. And I found at the start of this lockdown, I really had to focus on that for me because I was quite anxious. So that was that just meant going for walks without the kids. My husband would be like, go, take the dog, go for a walk, put your headphones in. I'd just listen to music, listen to a podcast, anything. I just found even if I just did a half-hour walk in the morning at the start of the day, I'd come back and my whole mindset would be different. I'd come back feeling like I had a clearer head, kind of ready to tackle the day. I stopped consuming a lot of social media just because I had to. There was too much going on. So I stopped over-consuming, went for walks, cleared my head, music, bit of me time and personal space before we had to tackle like the chaos of the homeschooling and just being at home. And that for me was a lifesaver. It made a huge difference. Wow. I can relate to so many things that you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, we all had to reduce our social yeah. media intake, especially yeah. we all saw maybe different things that people were sharing that just didn't feel good yeah. or whatever. There's just been so much going on and, um, Unfortunately, what was a social platform turned into like this other kind of crazy world of sharing and anger and lots of opinions. So, yeah, I totally get that. What I really love to know is like when you're in that place and you maybe you've done your walk or you do get like a moment to yourself, like how does your writing like support you in your self-care? Like how do you actually go about sitting down and, like where do you start in terms of like prompts and stuff? Do you know, it's funny because I've noticed it's not until I take those little breaks that I'm kind of hit with inspiration to write. And I have posted something once on my Instagram and it was along that similar strain where it's not until you take a break away from all the noise and the kids and the busyness of life that you can stop and have a breather and kind of hear yourself think for a minute. And so those walks I always found really calming and quite inspiring and I got to kind of mull things over. But funnily, where most of my inspiration for writing strikes is in the shower. 
Yeah, Always I get in, it. Or on the, the toilet. Yeah, I'll be in the shower and I'll be like, boom, something hits me and I start to kind of like pen it out in my head. I've mentioned that once to my husband's auntie and she said there's this whole thing which I should investigate. There's this whole thing about the shower being your happy place and how you should make the shower your happy place. I wish I could elaborate on that more because I didn't end up investigating it, but I thought that was really interesting because for me that is where most of my inspiration strikes for doing for ideas on what to write about. Same. I get so many ideas in the shower or on the <laughs> toilet and often when I'm walking as well, yeah. like when you can just fully zone out and switch off. Like, cause I think the shower also goes over your head. So yes. it like drowns out a lot of the yes. noise and you just kind of often just like, oh, like you end up staring into nothing. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, Oh. And yeah, I think it's just like, you give yourself space yeah. to, relax, tune out, yeah. just do all the things. So when you do get that prompt or you're in the shower, do you just, you kind of mull it all out in your head and then do you get out and then straight away go and write it down I as soon as to. you get dressed? Yes. Otherwise my brain is like a sieve. I will forget it. Like if I don't write it straight down. So what I usually try and do if I'm in the shower and I have an idea for something, I like, I will repeat it like over and over again in my head like I literally write it out in my head and then I think about oh, where can I twerk uh, twerk tweak tweak things and I'll kind of rewrite in my head and then I get out and I'll have to get straight on my phone and write it in my notes section before I forget it and how does it like start? Is it like a, like a thought a sentence is it like it'll usually be it'll be like it always stems from a feeling. So most of the stuff I write about now is motherhood and parenthood because obviously that's, I'm in the thick of that at the minute with two young kids. Um, and so it will come from a feeling that I've had during the day, like if I've felt overwhelmed or if there's been something that's triggered, like that real kind of joy feeling. And when I'm in the shower, I have time to process what I'm feeling and then I just start from there. I don't know. It just kind of hits. Or sometimes there's, sometimes I hear like a word or like a lyric in a song and then something might flow from that. Yeah. I loved this one that you talked about. Um, 35. <laughs> yeah. I literally I wrote that. that after I got out of the shower on my 35th birthday and I wrote that in about five minutes. Like I literally, I got out of the shower and I'd been thinking like it was my birthday and I'd been thinking in the shower and I got out and I just felt like, boom, it kind of hit me and penned it in about five minutes and posted. And you were talking about yourself. Yeah. You're obviously talking in third person. Yeah. And it was just like beautiful, just talking about like the way you obviously see yourself and the fact that you have gotten older and your body has changed, <laughs> yeah, but you love her anyway. And um, I guess it was just that transition of life into that next stage. You, yeah, you were over the 35, you're on the way to the 40. Oh, I don't know, God. What <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just really cool the way like, yeah, you write, it's like a story and it's just like an expression of like what you're feeling. I just think there'd be so many 
like women out there that would go to like write things or maybe feel afraid because they don't have the the degree to back it up or feel silly or, you know, and sometimes yeah. you hear people sit down to like they make their own quotes or even it starts to turn into a bit of a poem. I just think like how cool would it be, I don't know, even if for you, like imagine if you had like a writing class or something to yeah. help people like process from COVID. <laughs> I, um, but I still have that self-doubt myself when I post. So I have always, always loved writing. I've got stories from when I was eight years old, I think is when I have kind of my first stories that I've written. And when I was little, if you asked me when I was young, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say a writer. It's just, I've always loved it at my core. I've always been a writer. Um, And so like all through my teenage years, I have all these, oh gosh, angsty poems and just writing has always been my therapy. So whenever as I call them with my daughter, whenever I have a big feels, she has a lot of big feels too. Whenever I have those big feels, it's my go-to is writing. And then, yeah, I came out of high school, studied at university um, and then kind of, you know, thrown into life and it went to the wayside a little bit. And I've found I've really only come back to it since having kids. I took when you're just busy with life and you're young and I was traveling and partying and working and all of that kind of took a back seat. And it wasn't until probably having kids and I find there's more motivation in me um, because they stir up all those big feelings uh, to be writing again. But yeah, I still, every time I hit post on, on something, I think, Oh, like, does this sound silly? What will people think? Will people read this and go, oh, God, what is she sharing this for? I don't know. So I still have that self-doubt myself. Yeah, wow, because that's like definitely not at all how I would have seen you from social media looking at your page at all would be thinking there's self-doubt there. Um, I think it's like really incredible and something really inspiring and I'm just thinking for like, mums or women out there that, you know, do get that urge sometimes to go and write, especially in the self-development world, journal work, affirmation work, you know, gratitude journaling, that's all very advertised and encouraged, but sitting down and writing, you know, this is how I felt today, or this is what happened in my day, or, you know, wins or things that were struggles is a little bit different to obviously sitting down and doing like creative writing. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's so many more women out there that have that deep desire to actually do more creative writing or write poems or have these things that are starting to flow but get afraid or get Mm. scared or feel silly or don't feel qualified. Um, So, yeah, what would be like some of your top tips for people that have started to get a bit of the urge in the creative writing space, where's something they can like start or is there like some prompts to start writing with or some particular books to draw on or any ways to like kind of build that confidence? I mean, I feel, see, this is the thing I was talking to you earlier about imposter syndrome and I think who am I to give tips because I still need tips myself. I haven't read any books that I would recommend like recently, obviously I started creative writing at university, but that feels like a very long time ago. Now I don't have any books I would recommend. I would just say 
don't wait for anything to be perfect. And that's something that I've been told before and it's so true. If you enjoy writing and you want to write, then start writing. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the full picture. Well, this is what I believe anyway. I don't feel that you need to have the full picture of what you want to write before you start because I I think you'll never start. If you're waiting for something to be perfect in your head or you're waiting to have an idea fully kind of developed in your head, you'll never start. And so I always just find if I have that urge or if I have like an overwhelming big feeling whether maybe I'm having a really shitty day and I feel sad and I, and I am kind of overcome by that, I'll just pick up a pen and I'll start to write out how I'm feeling and then I'll rework it. Like nothing comes out perfectly first go, but it's not until you start actually writing that you get a sense for where to put things, what to rework. So I think just starting, just start. If you have that in you and you enjoy writing, just start. You can even just start at the end of your day, just write about how your day went. And you might find there's like one line in what you've written that you could pick out and flesh out into a poem or something like that. Don't have to, it doesn't have to be big. Just start small. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Do you have a post or something that you've written that really like highlighted for you like being a mum in the pandemic or like coming out of the pandemic that would be like kind of really encouraging, inspiring for some of the mums out there that just like want to connect with someone that's just being real and honest about motherhood? As in like one of my personal posts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've written one about coming out of the, I don't know if I've written a proper lockdown one. I've got a few in my notes section that I haven't fully fleshed out. One of my, this is so not entirely answering your question, but if I had to pick something I've written that I feel has been one of my favorites in like motherhood, in the motherhood season, but not necessarily pandemic is I wrote a post once and I called it, it was a poem and I wrote, it's called love after kids. And I wrote it about how love between my husband and I, how that looks since having kids and how different it is. And I think it might've been during last lockdown that I wrote it. It's not necessarily like pandemic specific. It's just about love and marriage after kids and how it changes so much. And it's one of my favorite things that I've written probably to date. Oh my gosh. Do you know what the picture is? And I would love to read it. The picture, it's a black and white photo of our family we're standing out in our backyard I can picture it in front of our lemon tree it's black and white and it was someone's birthday it might have even been my birthday so it might have been August last year oh my gosh I found it oh this is cool love after kids this will be my first live reading yes (laughs) fantastic I love it um because this does apply to COVID. Imagine the amount of people that haven't been intimate with their partner because they're literally so sick of people yeah. touching them and they just need a date and haven't been on a date and haven't had done anything romantic and they're just stuck at home with their family and you're just annoyed at everybody. 
<laughs> so it's the photo would be from my birthday. So my I'm the 26th of August. And I don't know, maybe another another lap around the sun. I was probably having some big feelings about turning 34. Okay, I'll read it. So it's called Love After Kids. Between my little pony, bath time or changing a poo, we can still manage a brief conversation or a simple, how are you? Though the reply is often drowned by the screaming of a kid or if I have to tell you one more time or cut short to search for the remote control that they hid. You bring the washing in and fold it while on a work call. My heart swells with gratitude and I think, tell him how much you love him. But then my thought is interrupted by another mum tugging on a limb. The compliment slips away, scattered amongst the other lost I love yous to be found another day. At night when the house falls silent, we finally have our chance. But we are tired, drained, and we do the same familiar dance. What do you want to watch? A few episodes pass while we multitask a wine and scroll. Minds overwhelmed with work and kids and life and the never-ending to-do list that all take their toll. It's 10pm and time for bed. Have you put the bins out? And the fate of intimacy is in whether or not we brush our teeth. We'll check the kids and fall under the cover and once the light is off, we will reach for each other. Then the spell is broken by the same familiar cry. He calls out from his room and we go to him with a sigh. He takes his place between us, tucked under my wing. I kiss his forehead and you take my hand and I love you so much I want to sing. But the baby rolls and we hold our breath and if the silence keeps, then we all go to sleep. Over Sunday breakfast, you put on my favorite you put on my favorite playlist. The music swells inside me, and I bob up and down like a boy. It makes me feel like I'm floating in the air. I watch your smiling face, the children laugh, and I can feel my eyes start to fill as we all sit together in our tiny home full of so much joy. I love you, I say with my stare. Play the frozen music, please. No, mum's listening to her music, you say, holding my gaze. I love you, I realise. We are always saying it just sounds different these days. Oh, wasn't that them. so that and so lovely? Do you know what? I can tell you now that I've reread that, I can tell you exactly why I wrote that. And I wrote that because of the Sunday breakfast. That was what so when you say like what what kind of inspires your writing, I can remember we were having breakfast, we're sitting around the table. And my husband, he didn't ask. He just put on, there's this acoustic Apple music playlist that I love. And it always makes me feel kind of zen. And we were having brekkie and he just put it on. And I just, that was playing in the background. I could feel the music. It made me feel, I had all these like lovely kind of joy feelings. And I was looking at him and looking at the kids. It was just an everyday Sunday. It wasn't like a special day. And I just felt so happy. And I that's when I wrote that. I remember it now. It came from that Sunday breakfast. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love that Thank so you. much. And how much can <laughs> so many people connect on so many levels that love after kids just looks different. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it looks different. I was literally talking to a friend the other day and she's only got like an eight-week-old baby or something like yeah. that. So it's very, very new. I said, sex just really different after marriage. Often it's just quicker. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have to do it in a lunch break. <laughs> and that's as good as it gets sometimes for the next fortnight. And oh like, gosh. that's okay. Yeah, that's um, it. 
sometimes it's putting them in front of the TV when they're little on the ground and they just don't look. I don't know. (laughs) It's It's a quick shower together or, yeah. I hope you're loving this episode with Ashley. I am beyond touched. I'm inspired. I really wanted to go deep with where her inspiration for her poems, her writing comes from. As you will hear, it's in the shower. And I just love that because creativity comes from the most wildest random places. And sometimes, you know, I know all the mums out here can relate. Sometimes being in the shower is the only time that you have alone for a moment and you can just drown out your whole brain with that running water that covers your ears as you often wash your hair. Who else can relate? I just really want to encourage and inspire and stir up all the art dreamers. I know the art space has been heavily affected during this season and I just want to know that whether you're a painter, a dancer, an artist, a singer, a creative in whatever form, you're valued, you're seen, you're heard, you actually matters so much in society. What a painting can do in a moment can heal the heart. What a poem can do in a moment can explain the feeling and depth of someone in just one read that no other person has ever been able to understand. People feel so heard and accepted in these moments where art is expressed through paint or pen. And I'm just so honored to have met Ashley. Please, if you know a creative or a mum that is a mum and has these heart for art and creativity and passion that maybe hasn't been stepping into her power, please send her this episode. I really know this is going to touch so many women and encourage women to not be afraid to share their gift and not be afraid of the passions and the skills and the talent and to really remember that society needs this gift and this talent so much more than you might believe. Borrow the belief of me for today. I believe in you. I see you. And I am so far from being a painter or a writer but I have the biggest heart for creatives and such a space is needed for these incredible women, particularly mums, expressing their journey in motherhood in whatever form. So please, yeah, send this on to any beautiful mummers you know that just need a little extra love today. It's just so different, but that was just beautiful. That was Thank just you. that moment as a family yeah. where you guys locked eyes and the music was playing and it's like, you're still the one. You're still my, you're still my person. Yeah. The craziness of the kids going around us and the craziness of the pandemic. Um, Have you felt like because your business got shut down, your nail business, as a result, you, your time looks different. Your routines were different. Did that, has this last lockdown Sydney 2.0, drawn you into your writing or opened up another part of your writing that you haven't experienced before? Not not yet. I feel like that might come maybe over the next couple of weeks or months. I kind of didn't, I feel like I didn't have time for anything the last few months when we went into lockdown and then homeschooling started. Like, I don't know where my days went. And I also lacked the motivation for all the things that I usually love. And so all my joyful activities, I didn't have that same motivation for them because the days were so draining. And homeschooling, homeschooling when, like, you're not a teacher and you have other kids, that was just a ride, It was just like nothing I've ever experienced, that whole 
school term that we just did. And so I completely stepped away from my Instagram and my writing. I just didn't have the brain capacity for it. My brain kind of felt fried. And we, when we got to the end of it and then even when we had the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel and we kind of knew school would be going back, we were all, my whole household, the two kids included, we all, we just burnt out from the whole experience. So I haven't, the, there wasn't anything during lockdown that kind of inspired me, but I feel like now that we're out, I have a few little things that will probably come out in the coming months because I'm just finding since re-emerging, I'm noticing all the little things that pre-lockdown I took for granted and now post-lockdown I have this renewed sense of appreciation and they're like the tiniest seemingly insignificant things that I like just going to the park with my son that pre-lockdown I'd kind of be like we drop Bobby at school and I'd be like all right bud like what are we doing today? It's just the two of us. I guess we'll go to the park. And that experience I used to find sometimes a bit lonely or a bit isolating. And now it's like, we'll drop her at school. I'll be like, all right, bud, like, let's go to the park. And we go and I have this renewed sense of just gratitude for those little moments with him because they got taken away for so long. I didn't have that one-on-one with him anymore because we were all at home together, the four of us, that there was no really one-on-one with anyone. We were just always all together. So I think I'll probably find over the next couple of months now getting back into the swing of things that I feel inspired again by the little things to do some more writing. Yeah, it's almost like your senses have been heightened. It's like you can feel the wind differently, see the colours, the movements. The what was the mundane, simple thing suddenly bounce out at you or you just see them with different creative eyes. You um, totally look at things differently. And it was all the things that I missed during lockdown. I would laugh to my husband. I was like, the things I miss the most are the tiniest, smallest details. I miss dropping Bobby off to school and like chatting to other mums at the gate as I dropped her off. Just those little small social connections. I missed, I'm not a big routine person, but pre-lockdown I used to be in the rhythm of on a Monday we'd drop Bobby to school and then Ollie and I would go and do the groceries together. We'd kind of go to the same Woolies. I'd go to the same cafe before and get my coffee and sometimes I'd get an almond croissant and he'd get a little marshmallow from them and we'd potter around Woolies, do our shop, chat to people kind of as we went around, chat at the checkout, like not big, grand, exciting things. And I missed those little things. Like I just missed those finer details. And so it's funny, they seem like such insignificant parts of your day when you're in it. And it wasn't until all that got taken away that I was like, wow, I miss all those little things. I think the arts sector has been so heavily hit, yep. you know, musicals, um, even art galleries that people's 
income to rely on annually that they work all year for. Um, You know, even people that have written books, there's always an open for it. And there's always launches and the people can't dance. Ballerinas are in their apartments. Like there's been so much of the art space already has a bit of a hard job convincing everybody that, well, they don't need to convince, but just feeling like they actually are valued and there's a place for them. And then I think COVID just added to that as well. And I don't even think funding crossed any of the arts. And I don't think it did, yeah. Because it's contracted work and, you know, artwork sold by piece and all these types of situations. But I've actually was reflecting a lot. I have a friend that's an artist and just how she has felt during the pandemic and hasn't created as many artworks as she wanted mm. because of the same situation as you, school teacher, working full-time, also homeschooling three kids. Like, oh And I, I was just saying there's never been more of a time for the arts and yeah. creativity and expression through artworks and poems and dancing and, um, you know, you can talk to your friends about how you feel or you can flick past a poem that literally brings you to tears and speaks to your heart because yeah. it's just understood you on a deeper level than you ever could have put yourself into words or an artwork that just does something that lives on in you forever that a book couldn't have done. Yeah. Um, and I just think all of the creatives that are coming now out of this place have so much to share and so much wisdom and knowledge that I really believe people are going to find a lot of comfort and healing in those that are sharing honestly and vulnerably about that time and that experience that they're going to connect with and feel really heard. Yeah, because people can relate to it. I mean, it like you mentioned earlier, sometimes you have trouble expressing how you like you have trouble writing or you have a lot to say but you don't always know how to get it out and I mean there's loads of people like that that's not everyone does know how to express what they want to say and so I think sometimes they'll see something they'll read it and they'll be like yes that is they feel like they could have written it themselves they'll be like that is so relatable that's exactly how I feel and it brings people I don't know, like a, not peace. I don't know if that sounds silly to say brings mm. people peace, but do you know what I mean? Just knowing oh, it's not just me. That's how I feel too. It makes people not feel so alone. And I'm sure there'd be loads of that coming out through the pandemic. I mean, I find that just in parenthood in general, but I'm sure for a lot of people post lockdown and everything that there'll be a lot that they read and then take from and just knowing it wasn't just me who felt that during lockdown, that shared experience for everyone. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited for your pieces that you started describing in your notes that are, that are maybe a reflection of how you're feeling integrating as well back into society. Mm. That's been a really confronting thing for a lot of people and causing people a lot of social anxiety that maybe didn't even have social anxiety before, before. or or it's just additionally to the anxiety that they've already been managing throughout the pandemic. So I just, yeah, I'm really excited for people like you in the art space that are creating and writing and sharing openly because it's actually takes a lot of courage and boldness to be vulnerable about what's going on in your head and then putting it on paper and then 
sharing it because it's not just about people critiquing your writing skills. It's actually something that you feel. Yeah. It's actually about you or your family or your perspective of something. It's actually an insight into what's going on inside your world. But I just think those types of little things that can come up on people's social media can just bring a lot of comfort and yeah, maybe even joy because they're like, oh, I'm not alone and she can get through it. I can get through it. And she's an everyday mom with a business that got affected too. And I got affected and yeah, it's just very relatable. So I think it's really amazing what you're doing with all your writing. What do you feel like has been maybe the hardest thing that you have overcome or you are overcoming from COVID or was like the biggest life lesson that you learned? The hardest thing has been the juggle, just having all the balls up in the air and not knowing which ones you'd catch, which ones would land, which ones would break if you drop them. Having Bobby at home and trying to teach her and make sure we were doing an adequate job of that. We put, I put so much pressure on myself just in, in general. I'm one of those mums who suffers with the mum guilt all the time, all the time. Like I, any kind of little thing that goes wrong, I kind of think, oh, what could I have done that would prevent that? And so much of it is often out of my control anyway. But with homeschooling, I was always worried, are we doing enough? You know, what if, what if we're dropping the ball with her learning? I mean, she's only kindergarten. But I'm like, I had to kind of remind myself, you know, there are parents who have multiple kids at school and who are working. So their juggle is greater. Perspective for me is probably it's the way I had to keep myself grounded because otherwise I would have worried myself too much. But I just found that juggle of trying to be a teacher, trying to be a parent, um, trying not to let my own anxieties or fears or worries rub off on the kids as well because they absorb a lot of it you know it's strange for them to one minute they're at school the next minute they're home we went on school holidays here and we were like yay school holidays and they just never went back for a whole term of school it's just huge when they're so little too so I just found that the juggle of all of that was the hardest thing and just not knowing if I was doing enough or if what we were doing was a good enough, a good enough job, you know, and then feeling guilty because we didn't get through all the schoolwork or feeling guilty because we've had to plonk, plonk our youngest in front of the TV to kind of get through the schoolwork or not having, not being as fun, not having the brain capacity to kind of be fun mum because you're too stressed or too worried or too burnt out. So that juggle was 100% the hardest thing. And what have you learned most about yourself through all of that and your family? Like did you potentially feel like you worried about things that you realised didn't actually matter? Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's me in general. I always worry about things that don't actually matter. I always worry about things that aren't within, you know, my control. So, it's wasted energy, which I can recognize, but in the moment, I still find it difficult to let go of those worries. I mean, I definitely learned that I'm probably not cut out to be a teacher with my patience, but just teaching one, let alone 
teaching 30, I sent Bobby's teacher quite a few notes just being like hats off to you guys because what you do is incredible. I don't know how you do it. I really struggled with being patient and recognizing that they're just they're very little and they actually don't know very much and to not expect so much out of them but with that said I mean we got through it we did it and by the end of it I was like we are amazing we just did that you know here's something I never thought we would have to do or be able to do and at the start thought when is this going to end it felt so never ending and then it got to the end and I was like oh that kind of went that seemed to fly that went quite quickly we did it I felt really proud actually at the end of it to have come out the other end all of us pretty happy still um pretty positive still and yeah we survived it so Wow, you all should be so proud of yourself. I did a podcast interview with Amy Cox and she literally is an award-winning school teacher. She's doing her PhD in like neurological science for kids and creates all these programs and she said she still had a really hard time homeschooling and being a part of another teacher's curriculum even though she literally used to create them and she's like, top, top when it comes to teaching. And she said to me at the end of all of it, all she ended up really realizing was that at the end of the day, we all can do the one thing universally and that's have fun and play. Yeah. And she would even not read the books that the teacher told her to read yeah. because she's like, that's not the book that my family's reading and I just have to do what's best for my family. Yeah. And she's really cheeky. And I love that episode because she's just like, everybody is enough. School yeah. teachers are enough. They're having a hard time. Mums are enough. They're having a hard time. The kids literally will not look back at this year and be like, oh, I didn't learn enough. They're going to yeah. talk about how they felt. And, 100%. Yeah. And it's just been like, I think it's also highlighted as well how important it is for kids just to feel safe and loved yeah. and have fun and play and imagination and have it got involved in all these different things that they might not have normally done. And yeah, definitely a total appreciation for schools and what teachers do. And I think everyone's going to go back to be like, I love you. The best teacher ever. Thank you so much for everything. Like we can't do this without you. We appreciate you. We're going to get you the best Christmas present ever. Like Bobby's teacher was really great like that too. And she, you know, on the days where I said, I'm just, having a hard time getting her to focus. She's really distracted today. I can't really rein her in. Her teacher was like, do you know what? Leave the schoolwork for today. Oh, that's so good. Go and have fun. And they were really big on that, on just knowing that when they get back to school, they'll catch them up. And that during that time, their kind of emotional well-being throughout it was going to be most important. And that when they got back to school, they would catch them up, but just try and keep them emotionally supported during the lockdown and focus on that more than anything else. And it's good when they returned to school, the focus was kind of on that too. They wanted them to come back and have fun and know that coming back to school was fun and they made it a really great experience for them coming back too. The teachers at her school, they're just legends. And yeah, 200%. I'm like, you guys are amazing with what you do after just having to experience it for a little bit. 
Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really standing with a lot of my friends as their children integrate back into the school and the routines and just even getting up at certain times and lunches. Yeah. And it's a lot. And yeah. I think, yeah, just it's just so nice for mums to all just kind of love each other and stand together in unity and check on each other and how you're feeling, how's your kids going, how can I help, what can I do, you know, should we do a play date or whatever it is just to all really support and help each other. So I'm really excited to see what writing comes out of you. From <laughs> no pressure, no this, pressure. All of this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really, really cool what you've shared today thanks so much I think I didn't even like ask you most of the questions I wanted to ask you but I just felt like it's really cool to just highlight yeah the power of writing and what you've been sharing and yeah just the things that have been created during this season from mums so yeah of course anyone that wants to follow your writing journey can go to Miss Ashley on Instagram, (laughs) which is amazing. And yeah, thanks so much for chatting with me today. This is so cool. Thank you for having me. I must say it's, I mean, we spoke obviously before we started recording and I said, oh, I never, I don't call myself a writer because of that imposter syndrome. And so it has actually been so lovely to sit here and have you be like, no, you're a writer. T- talk about writing. Tell me, I don't ever talk <laughs> about writing like this. So it has been so nice. Thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone there. Oh, that's so good. I just think all of us mums have something like we're amazing mums. And for a lot of people, that's like their first careers can be secondary to that but even the ones that careers are really important as well or other things that we're passionate about I just think there's so much deep inside mums that sometimes doesn't get out for everybody to experience and see the sparkle yeah because you start Um, to think of yourself as just a mum and you forget that there's actually so much more you're never just a mum it's really important to remember that actually. So Yeah, and you have yeah. so much to contribute to society and people actually need you. Like society actually needs what you have to give outside of your family, obviously always need to. Like I still need my mom, but I'm 31. Yeah, but 100%. and that never ends. But like there's just there's a gift inside you that was only made for you. And yeah, other people will be blessed because of that. So yeah, it's really special. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Bye. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself. And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together. 